The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good day, everyone. Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Fantasy NBA Today, running just an hour or so behind schedule today, so I do apologize for that, but thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. If you want to follow me on the social medias, actually not that many. It's really just Twitter. I don't understand the Instagram, and the Facebook is... Super weird, although uh, Hoopball actually does have a Facebook account. This is a Hoopball presentation, this podcast is, as are all of our lovely shows under the Hoopball Podcast Network. You can go to hoop-ball.com to check out the latest reports from our buddies over there on the fantasy side at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter, or check out our Hoopball Gaming division. That's Hoopball Gaming on Twitter. They are handling the sports betting stuff and crushing it. Our founder, Aaron Bruski came through with a big, fat 4-0 sweep last night. He's cruising now. He's cruising. After a kind of touch-and-go first half of the year, I was down one unit at the All-Star break. Very upsetting. We're up 11 since then, so up 10 overall on the year. Myself, speaking only for myself. A um, few things that I was looking at for tonight that might have come off the card, but it doesn't matter. We're in fantasy time now. This is go time, man. This is stretch run every game of critical importance. Some of you are already in your playoffs. Be ruthless. Be ruthless. If you have someone in your on your team that suddenly is just out, you know, Jordan Clarkson, great example of this. We don't know when he's playing again. Doubtful for their game tonight. Drop him. It's not quite the same with someone like Cat, who's out for a personal reason, but... Keep an eye on things. Terry Rozier just got downgraded to doubtful for today's game for Charlotte. I think you probably hold through. But if we get a bad report on the next one, P.J. Washington, out. Drop him if you're in a head-to-head league. If you're in the playoffs, drop him. You cannot take zeros from guys that were not inside the top 60 before they got hurt. Just can't do it. It will crush you. Let's break down the Monday card. Let's get through this thing. I want to keep today's podcast in the 35-minute range. This is quick hitter time. Uh... This isn't deep dive time anymore, and the reason why is because we're not really chasing rest of season upside. You guys don't need me to do a six-minute dissertation on some guy that might get good in two or three weeks. There aren't two or three weeks to get good. We need stuff that's happening now. This is immediate, on-demand analysis, and this show for the next couple of days basically becomes the box score breakdown, and then we're going to pivot into... Obviously, box scores and streaming breakdown. That'll probably take, that'll probably supplant our normal Friday stuff, sort of a weekend streaming breakdown and then looking ahead to the following week, which I've been doing a lot of because my league playoffs mostly start next week. So we'll have way more on that as we cruise towards the end of this week. I've been looking at next Wednesday. That's the overload day next week, the 21st of April. I think there's like 13 games that day or something absurd. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12. It's 12 games. You're going to hit overload, so you got to be ready for that one. Start pivoting off of your guys that play on Wednesday. Or don't, because so many sons of guns are hurt these days that you never get a full card anyway. 
which is certainly me burying the lead on today's show. Giant injury last night. And the... the uh, I can't complain. It's not fair because I'm a fantasy player and Jamal Murray's career sort of flashing before his eyes a little bit. But of course, the news, if you didn't catch it last night, Jamal Murray tore his ACL in the waning seconds of a game that the Nuggets were losing by a ton. But I don't care. I mean, there's all this blame... There's all this finger pointing, like, what was he doing in the ball game with 45 seconds to go when they were down seven? Well, they were looking for a miracle. And he was cut into the hole, and if his ACL doesn't rupture or tear, he probably cuts it to five with about 40 seconds to go. I mean, that's not insurmountable. Tracy McGrady could do that himself. About two or three times over in 45 seconds. So we can't put blame. And then, you know, other folks are blaming the condensed season which, okay, well, this is going to be a bad... Uh, you guys are going to nail me for this one. This is going to be a bad take, but I actually disagree with the folks that are blaming the short season for this type of injury. Because I think we've only had two. I think we've only had two actual, like, full-year recovery season-ending type of things Maybe I'm crazy here. Let, let me go to the player list while I'm talking to you guys and just pull up kind of the preseason stuff. Uh, Mitchell Robinson stuff, that was sequential broken parts of him, but he didn't play late last year, so you can't blame it on that. Thomas Bryant tore his... That was the other one I was thinking of. He tore his ACL early this year. Or was it Achilles? Doesn't matter. It's a year recovery. It's something bad. Um... And Thomas Bryant didn't play late, really. Uh, he did play in the bubble, and he's quite good, actually, in the bubble, but he didn't play that much leading up to the bubble. So it wasn't like he was overworked. The only big injury that's happened this year from what you'd call overwork, if you want to... I mean, I don't know that we can trace it linearly to it, but we can probably try, is Jamal Murray, which happened last night. There are a lot of injuries this year. There's a lot of nagging injuries, a lot of sore this and bruised that, which, yeah, I think you can probably blame that on the condensed season and and COVID and just, you know, guys are dinged up and there isn't quite the same time. There's more back-to-backs, especially the second half of the season, which we got back-loaded here um, thanks to, you know, five or six, seven teams, whatever it was, losing games to COVID that had to get made up in the second half. So this is, re- it's a sprint right now. The Heat are in a pretty good sprint. Wizards, Spurs, Grizzlies, teams like that, they're all in a pretty good sprint right now. The Jamal Murray one, I mean, he, he was actually just finally looking like he was hitting his full stride. Got off to a slow start. Probably you could blame that on the minimal recovery time and lack of conditioning to get ready for the season. But how many of these true season-enders are happening to guys that play deep into the bubble. One. T.J. Warren didn't play deep into the bubble. He tried to play through, I think it was plantar fasciitis, and the whole thing just exploded. And there really isn't anybody else. Uh, Markel Fultz, who definitely did not play late into the bubble. They got They got smoked last year. I mean, are we really talking about recovery time? There haven't been really many more than usual on the big ones. On the little ones, there are. Scheduled rest days, 
uh, sore this, whatever, like all that stuff. Yeah, those are piling up and it's at an extraordinary clip. And that is a good reason to complain about the condensed season. But when the big one happens, that's just when everybody thinks about the condensed season, even though these types of injuries happen every year anyway. Condensed or not condensed. I think we actually probably had fewer of them last year because the season was only 50-something games long. There's just less opportunity for that kind of stuff. Jeremy Lamb was, was he the only one? I'm sure there were a couple last year. He's the one that's popping into my head. Clay Thompson, now two years in a row. KD the previous year. So, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know that saying that faults Thomas Bryan and Jamal Murray, can you really trace that to this? Can, Thomas Bryan and Markel Fultz, theirs happened in like the first three weeks. Jamal Murray won, I think you could probably pin on it. But, I don't know. A little bit of a freak accident. So I don't know about the, the assigning of blame. In terms of fantasy stuff... It's nothing all that obvious. Facundo Campazzo played 21 minutes yesterday. Monty Morris played 21 also minutes yesterday. And neither one of them was all that effective. Campazzo, uh, very good at getting steals. He's sort of a ball hawk on defense. Like a bad iteration of Pat Beverly in just sort of hanging all over everybody. So he's going to pick up personal fouls. He doesn't shoot very much. Doesn't need to assist very much. They'll probably run more stuff through, even more stuff through Jokic. You'll see more stuff getting run through Aaron Gordon and Will Barton. I'm not picking up Compazzo. I'm not picking up Monte Morris. I just don't see either of them making a flying leap across the cut line. While we're on that particular ball game, I called Kent Bazemore a really nice stream going into yesterday's game, and he was fine, if unspectacular. 14-3-2 with only one steal, three three-pointers. I, you know, I'll roll with him as long as he's starting at shooting guard, meaning as long as Kelly Oubre's out because he can put up fantasy stats in a hurry. The other thing I mentioned on yesterday's podcast that came true in a hurry is that the absence of uh, James Wiseman is actually going to be a fantasy boon for all of the Warriors, because he kind of clutters what they do. He's not skilled enough yet to take advantage of what the Warriors do. So Draymond Green, well, Kevon Looney played 31 minutes in yesterday's game and scored zero points. That was surprising. A little bit of that was because Nikola Jokic was on the other side. Warriors can get away with going a little bit smaller against most opponents in the NBA, but I don't think they wanted Dre on Jokic the whole ballgame, and Draymond had five fouls as well. But Draymond's going to have to do more now with Wiseman out and with Oubre out. He had 18 points, seven boards, seven assists, four steals, two three-pointers for Draymond. I think he's lined up here for a really nice stretch of basketball. Keep one eye on Kevon Looney. I can't imagine he'll clear 30 minutes again. Well, I should probably look and see who the hell the Warriors are playing before I make a statement like that. He's almost definitely not getting picked up in your leagues. He's 2% rostered. And I don't really, I really don't remember the last time he cleared 30 minutes in an NBA game before last night. Uh, it certainly wasn't this year. And I can pretty much promise it wasn't last year because he was coming back from an ab- abdomen, some abdominal stuff, and then he had the like arthritic hip thing going on. Some real old man things happening there. He played some pretty good minutes in the Warriors' postseason run where they lost to Toronto in the finals, largely against the Blazers, actually. They had him on, must have been Nurkic at that point. 
But then uh, if you go back to the regular season, I don't think he cleared 30 in any regular season game. He was 29 minutes and 50 seconds against the Pelicans on January 16th, 2018. That's really legitimately the last time I can find him getting close to 30. So no, you're not racing out to pick up Kevon Looney. More than likely, you're going to get a whole truckload of Dre at center, and it's going to be tight. Let's roll back around to the beginning of yesterday's card. Lakers at Knicks. Lakers uh, played pretty well in the first half, and then the Knicks clamped down on him. Both, both centers for New York. It's funny because that's what we were talking about before the season started. I said, I think both centers on this team end up with fantasy value. Of course, I met Mitchell Robinson as the starter and Nerlens as the backup, but we moved one rung down the ladder to Nerlens as the starter and Taj Gibson at the backup. And Julius Randle, who I know he plays power forward for this team, but effectively he's a center, kind of an undersized center. So uh, Knicks are kind of trotting out three useful centers right now. Alfred Payton had one of his weirdo games where he scored a bunch of points. Blech. Reggie Bullock has actually been well inside the top 100 for a month now. Steals, threes, decent percentages, guy that won't hurt you kind of streamer, really. But he's actually been ever so slightly above streamer level. And he has not gotten nearly the respect in fantasy circles that he deserves at this point. Probably because his numbers for the whole year are kind of bad. But again, we're talking about inside the top 100 for a month. It's averaging over three threes a game for a month and 1.4 steals per game over that month. Let me double check all of this stuff. I, I feel like I'm saying it and then at the same time I'm like, wait a minute, something's not right here with my numbers. I think he might even be better than that. Yeah, I wasn't looking at 9Cat. 9Cat, he's actually top 70 over that stretch on 12 points, three boards, one and a half assists, one and a half steals, 3.23s and 0.7 turnovers per game wildly under rostered wildly under rostered player actually got dropped over the last couple of days because he had that six point and that eight game eight point clunker in there uh but he's been he's been tearing up the nets i've got him in i think i have him in one spot now if you're you know i have a uh i actually happen to have two leagues where i'm kind of punting three pointers and so yeah then the value hits the toilet. Um, but again, he's been better than streamer level for a month. Do with that as you will. Do with that as you will. I don't care. I get it. Either way, whatever. Derek Rose, still not quite there. He had 14 points in 20 minutes of this ballgame. He's going to need more minutes and he's going to need more shots. It's just, I don't, I don't think he's ever getting over that hump this season. And everybody else has kind of gotten healthier faster than he has. So throw it out. On the Lakers side, large concern here, Andre Drummond in the middle, soaking up all of the big man type stuff. And he had three points and 10 rebounds. And no one else on the Lakers had more than four. They got crushed on the glass. Oh, I forgot to mention Taj Gibson as a potential streamer level guy. He's actually been like kind of not bad lately. Last month, Taj top 125. Last couple of weeks, top 80. 60% shooting, 87 foul line, 6-6 six and six with 1.5 steals and 1.5 blocks. I don't think that those types of numbers are sustainable for an entire season, but we don't need him to do it for an entire season. We just need him to do it for you know, a couple of weeks. I think he's probably a guy I would look at to dump in there when the Knicks have their next back-to-back or something along those lines. Like, look for a good opportunity to stream. 20th and 21st 
next week he goes Tuesday, Wednesday. You could even pick him up on you know Sunday if you want to go Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But that's about as far as I'd throw him. Knicks don't have a particularly good schedule coming up here over the next two weeks. Uh, on that Lakers side, I think Drummond does kind of kill basically all the other big men. Montrez Harrell did nothing in this game. He just got worked. Markeith Morris, if you want to call him a big man, he sort of hangs out. Like, he's actually been the Lakers' best player over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you could fight Dennis Schroeder for that honor, I guess. But Kuz, to me, is not really worth the risk at this point. KCP, he's been on a three-point binge. But I just know the second I dump him into my lineup, he's going to cool off. And then, you know, there was a hope that Taylor Horton Tucker could keep it going, but I think he probably needed Kuzma to be out again to uh, really make that one stick. So Markeith Morris is your potential Lakers streamer. He's been good enough lately. Eh, really, last couple of weeks, he's been pretty damn solid for this team. Both Morris brothers have been pretty decent for their two clubs. What are they looking at here? Last month, Markeith 132, Marcus 118 last two weeks, 102 and 105, <laughs> neck and neck. You'd almost think they're twins. Wow, the numbers are strikingly similar over the last two weeks. Monty Morris pulling up the rear here, obviously not related. So what do you do with all your Lakers? Andre Drummond you hang on to. Schroeder you're definitely starting. Markeith you could stream if they have any sort of decent scheduling spots coming up. I think they've... Uh, I think the Lakers have kind of a clunky schedule until the end of next week. This is a back-to-back yesterday and today, but you sort of missed the boat on that one. Moving along, Philly blew out Dallas. No Kristaps Porzingis, and that meant Joel Embiid could just devour whatever goofballs the Mavs were throwing at him. Boban played eight minutes. Dwight Powell played 14 minutes. Willie Cauley-Stein played 10 minutes. It was not pretty. Luka played better here in his rematch against Philly. He wasn't very good against him the first time around, but he got no help. Zippo. Dorian Finney-Smith's actually been okay lately. Shouldn't give him a tiny bit of credit. He's another guy that, to me, falls more into that streamer-level production. He's won 10 over the last month. Last two weeks, he's top 60 on a fairly unsustainable eight rebounds per game, two and a half threes, the steal, the block. That's all very high for him compared to his overall numbers, so expect that to come back to earth. Nothing really on the Philly side. They had their starters back, so move along. Nothing to see here. Spurs blew out the Magic. You can pretty much throw out the San Antonio part of this card since we didn't learn anything from it. Magic, we're always trying to figure something out. Uh, Mo Bamba re-aggravated his hip and played only three minutes in this ballgame, which, of course, all that really does is clear out the path for Wendell Carter Jr., who was already worth starting. Cole Anthony is your guy to watch in points formats. It seems like he should be able to overtake Michael Carter-Williams here soon, but it hasn't happened yet. Terrence Ross seems like he's kind of fed up with playing for a really bad team. I'd still hang on there. I, I You know, four shots in 26 minutes is a little bit on the I'm-just-not-even-going-to-try department, but I got to think that he gets it turned around. And then Chuma Okiki, who's hit a little bit of a... I'm going to call it a rookie wall because he's only been a starter for, what, three weeks? But it's it's the great leveling. The NBA is a, much like most big league situations, it is a humbling effort. Uh, and I think you I think you stick with Okiki. You know, the big numbers he was putting up right after the trade deadline slid into those giant minutes, and now it's catching up with him a little bit. But I do like his stat set. 
You know, he rebounds relatively well. He's not, I didn't, the scoring really surprised me. I did not think he was about to come out there and score 17, 22, 14, 18, 8, 16, 19. And then the last three games he's been healthy enough to play, he's gone 6, 8, and 7 in those ones. The other stuff hasn't changed that much. Didn't play quite as many minutes yesterday in the giant blowout loss. But throw him in a competitive ball game. He's going to play 33-ish, probably, minutes. That's enough to get probably five to six rebounds, probably around two and a half to three and a half assists per game. And then when he had the energy in those games after the trade deadline, he was actually putting up some pretty good steals and blocks numbers. If we're talking about that same stretch, which is basically like March 24th to now, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, that's useful, actually. So we can actually look at Chuma's last ten games and try to figure out where that puts him. He's actually number 68. If you compare him to everybody in the NBA's most recent ten basketball games, that's on 13 and a half points. Five and a half boards, three assists, one and a half threes, a steal, 0.7 blocks, 49% from the field, and 88% at the free throw line. That, my friends, in 31 minutes a game, by the way, that, my friends, is a guy that should not be dropped. And he's getting dropped because he's been cold the last few ball games. But there's still a lot to like, and you've got to know that he's a guy they are forcing into the mix. Look at the minute counts. For him, no one else on Orlando is coming close to those minutes every ball game. They played sheesh, I mean, 13, 14 guys last night. I think they played 13 dudes last night. Wendell Carter Jr. played 30. James Ennis and Shumo Kiki each played 27. All right, what the hell James Ennis is doing playing 27 minutes? Dwayne Bacon was at 29. So he's a, he's a starter playing starters minutes. And he's just a little cold right now. Opportunity to, to pick him up off the wire in some spots because people have lost faith in what? I don't know, the three-point stroke? Like, that was never going to be a big thing for him. You got to look at the numbers he was putting up before he got pushed into the starting lineup to play big minutes. He was averaging about just under one three-pointer a game in about 22-ish, eh, give or take. A little more, a little less than that, like... 0.83s in about 20 minutes per game-ish. Seven points, four boards, two and change assists. So the assists were actually already trending up all right. Steals and blocks were fine. You adjust those up to 30-some-odd minutes, then you're around where he's been, like 1.1, 1.2 steals and 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 blocks. So I like Okika. I think he's got, you know, the top 70 was probably a bit on the high side because of that hot stretch. But to me, he's a top 85 guy the rest of the way with not really 3 and D. It's really just, it's like D... And maybe a little bit of three, not quite. Like, can you make a lowercase three? <laughs> but there's some rebounding, there's some assists, there's some blocks, steals, good free throw percent. There's a little bit more going on there than your traditional space the floor and get a steal kind of guy. The Kings, um, this is a weird, this is a weird one. Like, Pelicans really weren't favored by that many points, and they got out to a pretty good lead. Kings fought late in this one to try to make it interesting, but. They eh, didn't really. But stuff did happen in this ballgame that's worth talking about on both sides. Let's start with Sacramento. Rashawn Holmes left uh, partway through the third quarter with hamstring tightness. We don't know what the severity of that is. Uh, I don't think that you can just sort of abandon ship there. If you're in a head-to-head -head playoff week, 
You probably want to find out what his injury report looks like for the next ball game. If it looks like he's going to be out, you probably got to dump him. I know, it sucks, but you can't take zeros at this point. Anyone else, obviously you're sitting on him. Damian Jones picked up most of the minutes when Holmes went down. Jones is not going to do enough when he's on the floor for it to matter. I do think that Holmes being out sort of forces Sacramento to stay a bit smaller. Like, you know, Holmes is playing 30-some-odd minutes a game. I don't think Damian Jones is playing 30-some-odd minutes. And maybe Whiteside's minutes trend up towards 8 or 9 instead of basically DNPs. But this also means that Luke Walden has a choice. And that choice is, do I play Mo Harkless a ton still, or do I give DeLon Wright a little bit more playing time? And if last night was any indicator, Mo Harkless played 34 minutes. That's the third most on the team behind Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes. 34 damn minutes. I know enough about Mo Harkless to know his body can't take playing 34 minutes a night for more than a few games in a row. However... If he's going to get full starters minutes, then Mo Harkless should probably get picked up. He's a 1-1-1 one, one, and one guy, and you can go all... I mean, you got to go way the hell back to when we'd actually be trying to find some sort of comparable situation because he hasn't been able to survive starters minutes in a decent amount of time. He played a weird 41 minutes in the last game of the season last year. But there were, you know, mixed in there. He had a 32 and a 31-minute game in January of last year. Uh, and, you know, he was fine. Like, he had three threes. He had three steals and a block in those games. Didn't score very much. You're probably looking at someone who leans towards the punt points build. But in starters minutes, he'll get you six rebounds. He'll get you one to two assists. He'll get you a steal, probably more. This is, I mean, we're talking about, this is like poor man's Chumo Okiki, really. He'll probably get you a little less than one block. And he'll probably get you around one three-pointer. What's that, top 100, probably? So I wouldn't get too excited about it. But with the Kings, the way they play offense, there may be a few easy ones mixed in. And Lord knows there's going to be some scramble drills going on on defense, so he'll probably fall into some defensive stats there as well. So keep one eye on Harkless. I just I got to think that his knee buckles, hopefully not in a bad way, but just like a you can't play here. You can't play this many minutes. And if he happens to go down, then they almost have no choice but to play DeLon Wright more, at which point you know we'll throw a ticker tape parade because dude was cruising in Detroit and he has not hit marks in Sacramento yet. On the New Orleans side, James Johnson exited with a sore wrist, not that far, actually, from where Rashawn exited with a sore hamstring. And that sucks because James Johnson, it seemed like they were ready to give him about 27 minutes a game, even off the bench, and that, for the well-rounded fantasy game that Johnson provides, was actually going to be enough. But uh, I don't think you can hold on if he's hurt and actually has to miss any time at all. We're still waiting on Lonzo Ball. In the meantime, they went to a Wesley Awundu shooting guard experiment and actually went okay yesterday but no you're not picking him up just wait on Lonzo Washington beat Utah well this one came out of left field a couple things to like in this ball game not much to like actually on the Utah side that's a team that is you know they played over their heads for a really long time and now you're seeing kind of the flip side of that teams can only go as hard as Utah did for so long 
eventually you just sort of need a mental respite in a long season. So the hell with the Utah side. Let's talk Washington. Washington. Uh, Daniel Gafford, who's on a minutes limit still, played 18 minutes last night at 15 points, four boards, and a steal. He's being added in a lot of spots. I think folks are going to be a little disappointed because I don't think that minutes limit is going anywhere, at least for another few ball games. So he, to me, seems like the kind of guy that's going to get picked up and dropped, and then it's going to be the next guy that picks him up that might get to reap some of those rewards. I don't believe he's a must-add player. The Wizards have actually not a terrible schedule here the rest of this week. They played last night. They go uh, tomorrow and uh, Friday, Saturday. So you could abandon ship on Sunday if you wanted to. They also start, they have a game early next week on Monday if you're looking at kind of the streaming stuff. I don't know if Gafford plays in a back-to-back. They've got one coming up this weekend. will be a little bit of data on that front. So to me, he's watch list material right now. Could he overtake the other centers, grab the job, and run with it? Yeah, distinct possibility of that. But, you know, the fact that he's been added in almost all of my leagues is, I think, a tiny bit premature. Because even these good ball games aren't that good. <laughs> he's not there yet. It's He's being added on a hope right now, which I think is really tough this time of year. Can't really add guys on a hope. One guy that I think actually does deserve, and you know, back-to-backs are going to be a problem for him as well, is Davis Bertans, who got 26 minutes off the bench yesterday. And that's a better look, although the seven shots is still a little bit disappointing. Bradley Beal took 31 shots in yesterday's ballgame, which you may have to sit the next one out with a sore arm. That is a lot of attempts. But you know what? Russell Westbrook's actually playing pretty well right now. i got to give credit where credit's due. He's cranked up his efficiency His free throw shooting hasn't been nearly as terrible the last couple of weeks. But I like Davis as a three-point streamer now that he's getting minutes in the mid to high 20s. So presumably his minutes cap is being adjusted up. Chicago played a terrible fourth quarter. Somehow the Bulls and the Grizzlies got locked in this really ugly basketball game. Teams combined for 37 turnovers and only 31 free throws. Why take it to the rack when you can just throw it to the other team? Chicago side. Daniel Tice played well again. He had 18-4-2. He seems to have carved himself out a pretty good kind of backup power forward and center minutes role on this team. And he's taken it away from Lowry Markkinen and some of it away from Thad Young, who went 10-for-15 shooting in this game but didn't have the passing and the rebounding like normal. Still, I'm hanging on at that. He's shown that he's been able to do it in 24-ish minutes this year. So, no, I'm not abandoning ship on that one. Uh, Tice has moved himself into streamer territory. I'm not a, he's not a guy that I'm picking up and holding. And then some more weirdness yesterday. Tomas Sadoransky, two points, two assists. I'm downgrading Sado into the streamer department. He's an assists and steals stream for the most part right now. Uh, And the fact that Chicago is sort of trying out lineups to just get this ship righted, it uh, it puts a dent in all that. Kobe White, Lowry Markkinen, I think you can probably drop both those guys. I thought Markkinen might be a little bit better, not than than, uh, before. Obviously, it takes a big hit coming off the bench. I thought he'd be better than this coming off the bench because I thought three shots in 16 minutes with the bench unit It seems like the guy that would come off the bench and start firing, but it's been Daniel Tice. That surprised the hell out of me. I'll admit it. I mean, you know, you weren't 
like going out and trading for Markkinen because most folks thought he was finishing outside the top 150. And I said, maybe top 125. So a narrow profit margin there if that was something you wanted to do, more of a deep league thing to think about. But he may actually just be... His confidence might just be destroyed at this point. I think you can drop Kobe White too, by the way. He's had like one good game in his last five or six. Meanwhile, on the Memphis side, still no sign of DeAnthony Melton. So Grayson Allen has been an okay streamer, but not good enough for me to trust, really. Brandon Clark has been the downer of the week with the Grizzlies. 21 minutes here, 9 points, 9 boards, a steal, and a block, and that's fine and all. But he just he really hasn't turned the corner the way that we all hoped he would. Um, I don't think I'm dropping him. I know he's getting dumped in a lot of places, but if he's playing... I think you probably hang on. They just trust slow-mo a lot more at that power forward spot. And there aren't that many backup minutes to go around. Xavier Tillman got 12 of them yesterday in the front court. Uh, So Kyle Anderson just trucking along. JV has had a surging second half. He's really turned it on. He was one of of our all-star break by lows that is panning out very nicely so far. Uh, with Clark, I mean, you're going to see him getting dropped in some spots, and I'm I'm kind of okay with that. He's really been sort of streamer level lately. Now, if you're in need of field goal percent, some steals and blocks, and maybe a few rebounds, that's a, a pretty good stream. But yeah, I get it. Like, if you don't need those stats, drop him. If he's in a bad scheduling spot, drop him. This is when you have to make those critical decisions. There's nothing that's as blanket as it was before. Rockets fell way behind, ended up actually coming back to make this thing sort of a ball game. Christian Wood had one of his best games in weeks. He actually looked locked in in this one. Kevin Porter Jr. was locked in. John Wall was playing hard, but boy, was he missing a lot of shots. Kelly Olenek still cruising along. Uh, Jay Shantae lost out on some minutes in this one to Kenyon Martin Jr., or KJ Martin as they're calling him. The uh, I'm, I'm not making any pivot there i think kj martin is a guy right now at least with sterling brown and daniel house out you could trust him for a blocks stream but for the most part i'm just starting the rocket starters and i generally feel the same way about phoenix jay crowder okay so this is like this is the jay crowder thing is that it always evens out to the same damn numbers because he'll go through two or three terrible games and then he'll just explode and so if you if you're using that fine. I don't think he needs to be started. I just, you know, if you're looking for threes, two and a half threes, and like one steal, and five boards, and two assists, and it's always average out to the same damn thing every month. It's just, with him on the week-to-week, there's the fluctuations because of field goal percent. That's the only thing that ever moves for him. Meh. We already talked about Warriors Nuggets. Uh, Let's see, what do we got here? Um... Not a particularly large Tuesday card. Seven Gamer. Trying to decide if there's anything I need to tell you guys about here. Mm, Nope. 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 Uh, Give a shout out to our guys at mybookie.ag. Sign up for that account with promo code HOOPBALL. And, of course, our friends over at manscaped.com. With promo code HOOPBALL20, you get 20% off your order with free shipping. It's a really good coupon. If you don't use that coupon, you don't get it. They don't have that. A lot of sites like... The coupons that they give podcasts are the same as crap that you can just find elsewhere on the website. They have free shipping on the website, but the 20% off is a HoopBall bonus. So that's HoopBall20 is the promo code at manscaped.com. Please do go check that out. They're one of our favorite partners 
Uh, we've had them around here for uh, almost a calendar year now, which is really cool to be able to partner with an advertiser for that long. Same deal with mybookie.ag. We just we want these relationships to be long lasting. So you know, every time you guys go to their websites and, and check out some stuff, and every time you guys open an account or buy something or whatever it happens to be, that just solidifies that relationship. So again, that's mybookie.ag promo code hoopball or manscaped.com with promo code hoopball twenty. Hoopball twenty. Brooklyn at Minnesota. That ballgame is actually starting momentarily. So, um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, Kyrie Irving, Carl Anthony Towns both out for this one for different personal reasons. I have my guesses on them, and uh, hopefully that means both will be back soon. On the cat side, we know. Uh, we already have been told that it's to attend a memorial service for his mother who passed away a year ago. On the Kyrie side, I do believe it has to do with the, um, the protests and the uh, other... Uh, civil items happening in and around Minnesota. So I think they'll be back relatively soon. I don't know if it'll be the next game, maybe the one after that. Uh, but whatever adjustments you're making are probably not all that significant. You know, I guess in the grand scheme of things, if we try to turn away from whatever other discussions and just look at it from a fantasy perspective, D'Angelo Russell uh, was was probably going to sit out one half of the back-to-back with their game on Sunday was going to go Sunday, Monday. Now, instead, they go today, tomorrow. So probably sits out one of these two instead. Will it be this one or tomorrow? I honestly don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. He's actually looked really good since he's come back, though. So I'm starting to think that perhaps the stuff going on with him was a really big deal earlier this year because he kind of looks like the the Brooklyn D-Lo here coming back from injury. And that's a that's a big shot in the arm if you were able to stash him, scoop him up, whatever kind of thing. Uh, when he was out for a while. Elsewhere in Minnesota, you know, we're watching Jaden McDaniels, but I think he's pretty firmly on rosters right now. Ricky Rubio's minutes are something to monitor. With Brooklyn, ugh. Kevin Durant is their remaining, their lone remaining superstar on that team right now. I, I really don't know what the hell's going to go on with that club. I've got to think that Bruce Brown probably has a decent streaming game in the bucket, but... You know, good luck with that one. Clippers at Indiana. Kawhi Leonard out with a sore foot for this one. So his last one apparently was not just a rest game. That means you'll probably get a pretty good performance from Marcus Morris. You might see some other guys filling in. Nick Batum has actually been pretty solid when someone is out for the Clippers. Indiana's got everyone besides Miles Turner, which means Batadze probably gets his 18 minutes off the bench. Um, The fact that most of the other backcourt and wing guys are healthy means they all sort of chew on each other's stuff and so we move right along from there Atlanta sounds like Trey Young is probably back for this ball game Kyle Lowry on the other side probably out for this ball game go figure still plenty enough that, uh, of stuff on the Atlanta side for Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, update on Cam Reddish that he's still at least two weeks away we did not get an update on DeAndre Hunter or John Collins or Danilo Gallinari this morning I wouldn't expect to see any of them in this ball game tonight but I guess you never know just, you know, monitor the injury report out in Atlanta and uh, fire up your Bogdans and your trays. And for Toronto, with Lowry sitting out, that means you get a little bonus game from Malachi Flynn, who was seemingly running out of time with Lowry back and then Freddie Van Fleet probably back within the next couple of ball games. Yeah, I don't know how the Raptors survive and make the playoffs this year, but they're, they're a game and a half out. They're hanging on by a thread. And so they're going to be playing pretty hard. And from watching Raptors media, the feelings around that team are actually not 
as bad as what we would think looking in from the outside. They still feel like they have a shot. I think they like that the team made a trade at the deadline but didn't send away Lowry. But it just hasn't really manifested itself in wins. And with a short line on this ballgame, they kind of need to win. Atlanta's been playing better defense lately, too, so we'll kind of see how that whole thing materializes. Lakers, Andre Drummond questionable with uh, elbow soreness. Charlotte side, Terry Rozier doubtful, P.J. Washington out. So they're really down a whole bunch of guys in the front court. If you were able to pick up Cody Zeller, this would be a delightful time to stream Cody because I, you know, it's Zeller and Bismack, and there just isn't anybody else in the front court. So he's going to have to do something. And if Rozier sits this thing out, I mean, you're getting way into the dregs at that point. You might see both the Martins, Cody and Caleb Martin. You'll definitely see Jalen McDaniels. He's going to get all the run he can handle. Vontae Graham might have to take 25 shots in this ballgame. I mean, they are really dinged up right now. Thunder in Utah, a 17-point spread on this ballgame. You think Utah is going to be mad about losing to Washington yesterday and look for someone to take it out on? It's possible. Thunder have Darius Baisley and Lou Dort back. Those guys are definitely worth monitoring. I think we should be getting a Shea update here in the next two to three days, so that'll be something. Moses Brown dealing with Rudy Gobert. Uh, if you're going to get cute with it, this would be a time where you might stick him on your bench, but who knows? Maybe he gets out there and just goes to work. You know, like Gobert is is a blockmeister, but he's not going to take him to task with post moves and things like that. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm probably benching Moses Brown right now, but you know the upside there is nice. Boston, Portland, Celtics perhaps looking like they're playing better. Jason Tatum has been better lately. Not much fantasy-wise in this particular ballgame, though, other than kind of wondering what the Nurkic-Cantor split looks like. And then Miami with Kendrick Nunn suddenly back in the mix. Miami's starting a stretch now where they play eight times in 12 days. That's a lot of basketball. This is a great time to stream heat. It's like steam heat. That's a song. Uh, This is a great time to stream heat. If you were so inclined, Kendrick Nunn apparently now shoving himself back into the discussion for that team with no Victor Oladipo. And then, you know, Butler, Bam, Duncan Robinson's been pretty good lately. Tyler Hero would be a decent stream. This, of course, is for head-to-head. I'm not talking about using up games caps on uh, Hero and Nunn. And that is your short Tuesday card. I told you I was going to keep this one a little bit more brief today. Not by much, I guess. Still Still 45 minutes long. Somewhere in that neck of the woods. Uh, keep rumbling, guys. I'm going to see if I can get to you more on Twitter these days. I've really I've had so many giant projects working on behind the scenes that I haven't been able to do it quite as much as usual. But hit me up over there at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or f- Google search Dan from Hoopball. You can find me very easily there. The uh, Twitter results are right on that board. And, guys, please do go get a fantasy pass for $4.99. It's for one month. So let us, in our fantasy Discord the chat, let us walk you through your playoffs. I don't know what you guys got on the line. What are they, the two seed? You got to get there? What's your prize? Five, six hundred bucks? Two, three hundred bucks? Five dollar investment could go a long way towards getting you there. Hoop-ball.com. Click on the premium tab and go get the fantasy pass for one month. Do it for Dano. Do it for Dano. You'll be grateful you did. Maybe it doesn't change the outcome. Maybe you were going to do the right things anyway, but wouldn't it be nice to have a bunch of pros on your side, walking you through the whole thing. It's good stuff, man. That Discord is great. If you're on any of our premium services at HoopBall and you're not taking advantage of Discord, meaning access to our handicappers and pros, depending on what service you're on, you're doing it wrong. 
Feel free to ask me how on Twitter. Happy to get you in there. You can email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. I can help you out over there as well. So let's make sure everybody's using the stuff that they're paying for. Or go get it, pay for it, and then use it. Okay, guys, have a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, Wednesday. We're closing in on streaming time here on the pod. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Later. This has been a hoop ball presentation.